your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your number one source for daily blues content i'm josh i and i'm thomas welch and we got a a banger of an episode today two big stories have come out uh in the past pretty much 24 hours uh one regarding jack eichel and his frustrations uh with not being traded and then a pretty big uh accusation or a couple of accusations being sent towards evander kane so we're going to get into that as well uh, if you haven't heard that, definitely stick around because it's it's interesting. Um, it's crazy stuff there. Uh, but first of all, Tommy, you're on vacation. How, how's Florida? You, you, you turn into that Florida man? Yeah, it's it's pretty nice down here. I'm a little bit closer to uh, Tampa Bay this time than I was last time. I think I'm making the full conversion to a Florida man. I'm going to try and go out and find some Tampa Bay lightning gear. Uh, obviously, with the Stanley Cup just happening two years in a row. I'm hoping that they broadened their market a little bit more and have some cool stuff down here. So that should be a lot of fun. Sounds like it. I'm jealous. Um, but yeah, anyways, without further ado, let's get into the uh, Vander Kane rumors. And I do want to stress first and foremost that these are rumors. There's no uh, concrete evidence. The NHL has said that they're looking into it, but we want to make sure that we put that out there, that these are just allegations and we're not, we're going to do our best to make sure we don't treat them as uh, as fact because they're not yet. But Evander Kane's wife posted a couple Instagram stories. Uh, first of all, kind of just like slandering him, saying he's a bad baby daddy, whatever. But that wasn't the interesting stuff. The interesting stuff came a little later on in the Instagram story when she um, brought up his gambling addiction and alleged that he has not only been betting on his own games, but has been throwing games in order to appease those bets which again it's all just rumors all alleged but a couple questions first of all how do you throw a hockey game second of all holy crap if this is true what a what a bombshell of a story anytime something like this happens and it kind of reminds me of in a in a smaller scale it's kind of similar to the astros when that allegation first came out that they were uh cheating and using the trash cans and things. And then John Boy uh, kind of went crazy with the video research and found instances and audio to where that was actually happening. So I would assume in the next couple of days, if these allegations are true, like you said, they are rumors, uh, that we could see videos pop up to where a little bit of suspect behavior of Vander Kane might be happening in the middle of a hockey game. Who knows? But I just can't, I just don't get how you throw a hockey game. It, it just doesn't seem possible. I think it's a little, I think hockey is a lot more of a team sport than other games. So it's a lot harder for an individual to throw it. That being said, we've seen this similar instance in sports before with Pete Rose, and he was banned from the sport, a Hall of Fame caliber player, which who knows if Evander Kane is or ever would be to that level, but it's still something to take serious for sure. And we've seen kind of Evander Kane consistently have these problems throughout his career. Everybody remembers the telephone with the cash in Vegas. Uh, that, that kind of it seemed like that was kind of the start of it, filing for bankruptcy. Uh, pretty recently and then now it's come to this you have to feel bad for the guy and yeah it's tragic it is because at the end of the day like these are his decisions and he has to live with them but also gambling can be very much addicting and i think that is a serious problem for evander kane especially to get it to where the point 
that it is now where he's, like you said, uh, trying to make money by directly throwing games, whether or not that might be true. The picture of the book, like casino gambling for dummies that he allegedly got from his teammates. All these things do not look great for Evander Kane. I hope that he finds help because that is essentially what he needs at this point. Um, But if you're the NHL, uh, like I said, we've seen this before with Pete Rose. It's kind of set the bar uh, for this tone. If you're the NHL, you have to take this seriously. Uh, So it sounds like they are. NHL Public Relations tweeted out at 536 today that the league was made aware this evening of a post on social media alleging that San Jose Sharks player Evander Kane bet on NHL games. The integrity of our game is paramount, and the league takes these allegations very seriously. We intend to conduct a full investigation and will have no further comment at this time. I think one point that you hit on that I think I really want to focus on as well is as much as Evander Kane has been sort of a target of jokes on this podcast, blues fans, hockey fans in general, um, it's important. I think that we don't really turn this into a joke, a laughing matter, because at the end of the day, gambling addiction is a disease. Um, it's, and it's something that has, you know, torn apart a lot of people's lives, families' lives. Uh, and the fact that Evander Kane is on such a big scale just sort of makes this a, a spectacle. But at the end of the day, He's an individual. He's a human being, a point that we hit on all the time. You know, these guys are human beings. And to have his life potentially, you know, derailed like this in the public eye, like you said, his bankruptcy and getting sued by his bank and all that, like it it is upsetting to see. Um, And I do hope that he, like you said, gets the help that he needs. And I think it's important that we don't make fun of something like this. Um, But from a pure hockey standpoint, you can't help but to wonder if this these allegations are confirmed and have evidence to back them up if we see some sort of unprecedented response from the NHL whether it's um you know an incredibly long suspension or whatever it may be you know I'm not going to try to speculate because again there's no there's no basis for this we've never seen anything like this if it is if it does turn out to be true but i i think the response from the NHL would be incredible just knowing how much like you said they value integrity and we talk about all the time there are no nonsense league you know they don't like players having personality and having uh, a player bet on their own games would be i'm assuming uh, a black mark on the league for them um so i'd be very curious to see what the response is and i'm curious to see in the coming days um what more evidence comes out you know obviously for evander kane's sake i hope it's not true just because that would be very depressing, very upsetting if if he is sinking that low in his addiction. But from a hockey fan's perspective, I can't help but to be curious about where this is going to go. Really, any kind of scandal like this kind of comes out, not to really like make light of it, but I always go back, and I think Twitter goes back to, to the advertising of the NHL that said, no soap operas, just hockey. It feels like it consistently they prove that soap operas are a part of hockey and I feel like soap I mean you can call them soap operas I guess but it's, it really is just kind of drama and I feel like that just comes with people being human beings at the end of the day nobody's perfect everybody makes mistakes there's guys in, the, in this league that have made much more egregious mistakes uh than Evander Kane and I think I, I, that speaks to the culture of the NHL and I think they have an opportunity here they, it feels like they've had a lot of opportunities this offseason uh, to make statements and make make their mark on how they want the future culture of this league to be. And I think, like I said, this is another opportunity for them to 
point that needle in the right direction, as we like to say on this show. Absolutely. Um, this again, this hits on so many points that we bring up all the time. Like number one being, we talk about a lot. These guys are human beings. Um, and even Evander Kane, who, like I said, we make fun of a lot. We, as a hockey player, he's, you know, bottom of my list in terms of, uh, least favorite hockey players. Um, but again, human being, and this is just very sad to see. So I'm going to be anxiously awaiting, um, where this goes with him. But another scandal that we have to get into is, is everything going on with Jack Eichel, obviously made a trade request and, um, rumors came out a couple months ago about sabers not allowing him to get the surgery he needed whatever what have you uh his agents released a statement on twitter i think yesterday two days ago so we're going to get into that we're going to read that break down what that means what that could sort of link to the st louis blues as well but before we get into that i want to tell you guys about our good friends over at built bar did you know that built bar has so many delicious flavors there's something for everyone and if you don't know the flavors well you're missing out you got coconut cherry barcia raspberry mint brownie double chocolate salted caramel strawberry orange cookies and cream german chocolate and if you haven't tried all the flavors you can get yourself a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors not only are built bars the best tasting protein bar but they're also incredibly healthy which is why i love them so much uh, every bar you're getting 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs amazing flavors all tasty all healthy and fun fact built bar is the official protein bar of the u.s track and field team so you want to root for you u.s track and field team while well, you're you're eating the same thing there definitely go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 you'll get 15 percent off your order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com and when we come back we'll be getting into the big jack eichel story that broke recently so don't go anywhere All right, Tommy. So I think, let me look at the tweet. Uh, yeah, yesterday, 9.42 Eastern time, a bomb dropped on Twitter. The caption was, Jack Eichel's agents issue the following statement, and I'll read a few excerpts um, from this. They, they, This was in response to the Sabres saying that they were in control of the process and trading Jack Eichel. They reply to that saying, the process is not working. As previously stated, we fully anticipated a trade by the start of NHL free agency period, which obviously didn't happen. They then go on to discuss that the Sabres medical staff determined that a surgical procedure was required to fix the herniated disc in Jack Eichel's neck. The recommendation by Jack's independent neurosurgeon, other spine specialists consulted in the surgery felt most comfortable in order to correct the herniated disc. So basically all signs pointed to surgery. However, this, the Sabres are not allowing him to have the surgery. They followed it up by saying what is being left out of the discussion is that Jack would be able to play in the NHL for the start of the season pending medical clearance if he were to have the surgery he desires even as of today. Repeated requests have been made to the Sabres since early June to no avail. This process is, is stopping Jack from playing in the NHL and is not working. So... Seems like Sabres initially told him, oh yeah, surgery would be a good idea, and then backtracked on that, even though he saw an outside specialist that confirmed that, and even though he would be completely healthy for the start of next season if he got this surgery, for some reason, Sabres medical staff's organization is not allowing him to have this surgery, and uh, him and his camp are very unhappy with that. I don't blame them, and I think this is, to me, obviously it's a much grander scale 
But to me, this feels a lot like the situation that Vladimir Tarasenko is currently going through, especially in terms of like trade projections and like expectations of being moved. And he hasn't been moved. Uh, and he just wants to get away from this team as quick as humanly possible. I feel like Jack Eichel is in that camp as well. But the whole keeping him from playing NHL games thing is a little bit more intense. Uh, I think it's another, like we're talking about black mark on the league. And it's it's not with one of their players this time. It's with team doctors. And I think uh, we're we're witnessing that with Vladimir Tarasenko as well. Uh, I think I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the team doctors that work for the St. Louis Blues are the same ones that work for the St. Louis Cardinals. And consistently between those both both of those teams, uh, it feels like there's a lot of people coming back too soon. There's a lot of people uh, getting diagnosed with, oh, it's like day to day, he'll be fine in a couple days. And then four to five days later, they're like, oh, wait, he's got Tommy John. So I, I don't really know what's going on here. If it's a trend across uh, the NHL, if it's a trend ac- across a lot of leagues, or if it's uh, just popping up at the wrong time and it's just two instances of uh, medical professionals seemingly uh, not handling situations correctly. But the team basically telling their star player in the face of their franchise, you're not allowed to get surgery. It just doesn't bode well, especially in the offseason, especially when everyone's looking for content, hockey content specifically. It doesn't feel like uh, this is the right route in terms of marketing and advertising a sport that we all love. We saw the same thing with Kawhi Leonard in the NBA a few seasons back in his final season with the San Antonio Spurs, uh, went down with a quad injury and um, him and his, the doctors that he had seen had completely disagreed with the uh, Spurs timeline. Spurs wanted him to get back and play. He didn't feel like he was healthy uh, and he just refused to play. He sat out the reg- you know, the regular season until he was traded. Um, and it is nice to see that, you know, obviously the players taking back power like that, but it is a little, a little dystopian to think that in professional sports, your health, well-being and being in pain is second priority to, I guess they're saying, Sabres are saying, we don't want him to have the surgery. We want him to be ready for the start of the season or whatever. I don't know what their justification is, but regardless of any justification, it's crazy to me that that there is an organization, you know, being professional sports where you can just tell a human being like, it doesn't matter if this is the best course to deal with your injury. We want you to play sports games for us. So we're not letting you do that. Like it, it, it's, it's, there's something that they're allowed to do. Obviously, you know, Sabres aren't breaking any laws by doing this, but I don't get it. You know, you get a star player, you want to keep him happy. He's already been, you know, it's already been tumultuous between, Jack Eichel and the Sabres. Um, it feels like the last thing that they would want to do is rift with him on on something as serious as this, you know, getting surgery for an injury. Um, and even if it's Jack Eichel trying to get leverage, which I, you know, is probably the Sabres' point of view. Oh, they're just he's he's just saying this so he gets leverage so we can force a trade. Even if that's the case, I, I just don't get how you burn that bridge entirely and refuse to let him get the surgery, especially after they uh, apparently agreed to the surgery earlier on and then backtracked on it and and flipped the script. It, it's mind-blowing to me. Right, and here's how this relates to the St. Louis Blues because obviously I think you and I are both in agreement, correct me if I'm wrong here, are both in agreement that Jack Eichel would be a fantastic piece for this Blues team. That being said, 
there are also a lot of centers on this Blues team. Robert Thomas, in my projected lineup, is currently slotted as a third line. If you bring Jack Eichel in, that moves him down another slot. Might might bump out a guy like Barbashev or Sunquist, depending on who would be in that position. And I don't think that's necessarily something that the Blues would want to do. So if you're looking at it from, will the Blues acquire Jack Eichel perspective, I would say the chances are not high. That also being said, I feel like at the beginning of the offseason, the Blues were kind of rumored to Jack Eichel a little bit, and it kind of went quiet uh, through the Saad signing, through the Bushnevich trade. All of those things. Hadn't heard about it for a while, and then next thing you know, uh, Elliot Friedman comes out and says the Blues could potentially be linked to Jack Eichel again. So who knows what Doug Armstrong is cooking up. I think we said on the last podcast that I was on that I don't think he's done i think he could potentially add a defenseman but if there's a blockbuster move to be made uh, i would put my money on doug armstrong being the gm that takes the chance on that so we could potentially see jack eichel in a blues uniform are the chances high i don't think so realistically but are the chances zero absolutely not it does feel a little bit familiar to the o'reilly trade where rumors were going crazy Blues were heavily, heavily linked to Ryan O'Reilly. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, nope, Blues are out on O'Reilly. They're getting Tyler Bozak instead. And then three hours go by and, and the trade happens. So we've said this before. Doug Armstrong keeps his cards very, very close to his chest. He does not reveal what he's up to. So no news could be good news if you're if you're on the, the Jack Eichel to St. Louis trade. It could train. It could happen um, out of nowhere. So fingers crossed. But uh, we got one more segment. We're going to wrap up both stories we talked about today, as well as just talk about some of the depth signings the Blues have made. So don't go anywhere. All right. Two of the depth players of the Blues signed contracts today, but only one of them was with the St. Louis Blues. Dakota Joshua signed a one-year $750,000 two-way deal with the St. Louis Blues, and Austin Pagansky signed a deal with the Winnipeg Jets. Obviously, not signings that are going to make or break this team, but still, I talked about it on the solo episode that I did. Depth is incredibly important. Injuries are going to happen, so I love get bringing in Dakota Joshua for cheap. Uh, moving on to the next big two RFAs in San... Uh, not Sanford. He is an RFA, but he's not one of the big two. In Cairo and Thomas, but for the meantime... Got uh, got Dakota Joshua locked up. Tommy, what does this mean for the St. Louis Blues, in your opinion? Feels a little bit better, especially knowing that we're, we've got Ivan Barbashev locked up two more years as well. But I believe when the report came out that the Blues were dedicating next year's team to youth, whether that was smoke and mirrors or whatever it might be, that happened right before the Blues ended up uh, signing Brandon Saad. So Saad obviously moves couple players down the roster a little bit but Pagansky was one of the guys and Joshua both of those guys were guys that I was potentially thinking would be in the bottom six for the Blues if they were going with youth and giving these guys an opportunity obviously like you said Pagansky signed a deal with the Winnipeg Jets I think he could potentially uh, be a bottom six guy for them and a good one at that he's still young he's still got time to develop but Dakota Joshua uh, we talked about it when he made his debut, scored the goal off his uh, <clears throat> midsection. But uh, Keith, Kachuk, Keith Kachuk loves the guy. He's not afraid to get physical. He's not afraid to go to the dirty, grimy areas of the ice. And that's what this team needs right now. That's why they went out and got a guy like Bushnevich. That's why they went out and got a guy like Saad is because those players do that consistently on a day-in and day-out basis. 
That's blues hockey. That's 2019 blues hockey. That's the system that we're accustomed to. That's the system that Craig Berube runs. I think Dakota Joshua uh, could fit in that system pretty well, if you ask me. The Lightning have shown that you got to have a lot of depth to be successful. Um, and I think the Blues are doing a pretty good job of, of balancing out their roster in that sense. I mean, the fact that they don't have anyone on their roster making more than $7.5 million is, is a testament to that. Um, I, I'd be surprised if there were many other teams that kind of have have as little uh, or, or don't have a, a big, you know, eight, nine, ten million dollar deal uh, sent out to one of their superstars. And that's that just hasn't been the approach that the Blues have made. They've sort of been more of a of a um, group effort sort of thing rather than paying one or two guys ten million dollars. Um, and and they're still they're in position to set that uh, kind of continue that trend for you know years in the future you see defensemen getting huge deals left and right but the blues don't really have any big name defensemen coming off the books anytime soon other than colton pareko but i don't think he's going to be making nine plus million dollars um unless he has a uh, norris caliber season um, and here's so- the thing too with colton pareko uh obviously taking his back into consideration and giving him the a and uh didn't play the best hockey obviously he was injured but did not play the best hockey last season as others expected him to uh if it kind of trends this way and seeing the off season that defenseman had it would be tough for the blues to pay him if he did play well and it'll be tough to justify paying him if he doesn't play well so i'm not saying pareko is out the door but i am also saying that i wouldn't be surprised to see his name in trade talks in these next coming years some some tough conversations that we're going to be having uh, down especially the line. if you're going after kachuk next season that's probably a big piece i know you mentioned you mentioned guys that keith kachuk loved their play style i bet keith kachuk loves uh maddie kachuk's play style i bet Just he does too bit, so oh we can keep pumping those rumors uh, all we want, but unfortunately, all season much, long. Yeah, as much as we talk about him, it's not going to manifest it as much as I wish it did. But I think that's all the time we got today. So thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Leave a review if you if you're feeling up to it. Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and soon to be YouTube at Locked On Blues. Follow me on Twitter and Spotify Greenroom at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy on Twitter and Spotify Greenroom at twelcher 15 Moving on to August, we're not going to be uh, as frequent with the uploads just for August. Um, it should be three episodes a week coming at you guys, so still plenty of content, but not as, as daily as it has been, but still looking forward to it. So thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.